Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in Rambosity, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? Good morning, good evening to whenever you are listening to this. Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. We are live and in action in the office of the Tyler Armstrong, and I'm here with Thomas Winborn. What's up, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? I mean, I'm doing great. Have you... uh? Announced that you're running for SBC president yet? Uh, no, I'm going to hold off on that probably. Oh, okay, cool. Everybody else yeah. is. I just didn't know. Who you yeah. <laughs> there, I don't like, even know how long the list is now. Uh, five, I think. Five. Five. If I'm not mistaken. That's pretty good. Who are, who are your favorites? Um, there's the dude. Uh, gosh, what is that dude's name? Um, Ed Linton out oh, of yeah. um, Mobile, and so. Um, that's why you thought you knew when I said my friend Eric Linton. You thought I said Ed Linton. Yeah, I connected I with you. Yeah, 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 I connected him right. Yeah. So yeah, but no. Um, He's he's if I was going to Nashville like tomorrow, I'd vote for him probably. Um really solid pastor. Um number two would probably be Al Muller, but I don't like the I don't like Muller uh running for SBC. I don't want to like be quoted that I don't like Muller. I love Muller. Yeah. But I don't like him. It's weird because we have a seminary president who's been at the flagship seminary of the Southern Baptist Convention. And it's flagship, it's the largest seminary and the most influential seminary in recent history. Yeah, it is the Southern um, Baptist yeah, seminary. Yeah, right. And uh for him to run as the president is just, I think it's just, it's just a weird like. Well, how's he going to appoint trustees? Yeah, right? you know that's what I'm saying. The thing. Like, I mean, yeah. and, and, and then, and then, and then you got the CBN guys, you got some conservative Baptist Network guys that are running. Which are Paige Patterson guys? Yeah, I'm, uh, you can't say that, man. Like, don't, don't, don't bust out the conspiracy theories. Come on, take that tinfoil hat off. I'm, I'm kidding, dude. They're 100 Paige Patterson guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Thomas. Yeah, so today I'm going to take over because yeah. uh, I am basically sitting here as the host and Tyler's going to answer some questions. He just got through preaching on silence and solitude, yeah. one of the practices of the way of Jesus. And uh, we like to call them life practices because they're not a, there's not a separation between spiritual and non-spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are practices that you have to do over and over and over again. And it's a lifelong practicing. And uh, so we've been working through that as a series uh, called The Way. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Tyler preached this weekend on silence and solitude, and you preached three times. You preached the drive-in service, the modern service, traditional service, with a broken foot. So how did that go for you? Dude, um, I'm not going to lie to you. I got home. My ankle was, like, swollen. I bet. And in a place that wasn't swollen before. Yeah. And, and, and I know why. It's because the boot is making muscles move that don't typically move, and it's like putting, hey, hold my foot in place. And so um, I actually sat down and, pre- and preached at drive-in church. Yeah. And uh, some, I think it was, uh, I think it was Bill Stone said, "You need to sit down and preach at the other two services." And I said, "Man, listen, like, driving, I'm standing on concrete, I'm yeah. standing on stage." And then on top of that, like, I, I, I didn't even like sitting down to drive in. I'm just gonna be honest with you. The only reason I sat down to drive in is because I'd been setting up drive in. Yeah. Um, I. I'm, I'm just not that guy. I can't do the sit down and preach. I always thought no, the, 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 the hip pastor, like, rabbi esque. Just, just listen to me, brother. Yeah. I have a word for you, you know, type yeah. thing. I mean, rabbis so. taught sitting down. They so did. it's, it's yeah. not it's abnormal. A, it's to it's teach not that like way. unbiblical by any stretch of the magic. It's just, it's not my preference. And then my, I just, I just have this like, vision of um, my seminary professor, like, just raking me through the coals on it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I can't do that. But no, I think everything went really well, man. I mean, it was really enjoyable. We had good attendance all around Sunday. I was yeah, very was impressed. We, um, we had we had more cars at drive-in Sunday, which was new. I mean, we, we had more people in both services than we've had services. recently. And so I was like, man, I was high key encouraged. And yeah, so it was really good. It was good to see everybody and see yeah. them come back in. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a couple questions real quick before we get into the subject matter for today. So why don't you tell us what's a song that's been drawing your heart to the Lord lately? Man, I um I kind of went back to my college days. Uh, recently, I had a uh, friend of mine I was talking to and uh, just seeking some clarity. Um, he's a pastor in Georgia. 
and uh, worship pastor in Georgia. And he was like, man, listen, you need to, and it's just so funny because he doesn't even know what series we're doing right now. He's like, man, you just need to just let go of all the distractions that are in your way right now. You need to let go of everything that's inside your life and literally just write it down on a piece of paper and burn it and let it go. He goes, let that be symbolic and just let it go. And so the other night I did that. Like, you know, I just kind of had this moment where I was like, I'm just going to pray and just let go of every distraction. Just, I mean, let go of the things I'm holding on to. And while I was doing it, I listened to the song from my college ministry days of Nothing I Hold On To by Will Reagan and United Pursuit. Nice. Um, Great song. Very simplistic song. If if you've ever heard Will Reagan, it's very repetitive. Um, He's kind of that very, you know, those older songs especially. Like, you know, like, set a fire down in my soul. You know, that song it says like 18 times in a row. Um, but at the same time, I think there's biblical merit for that. A lot of people will like, you know, get mad. They're like, I don't like repetitive music. Well, then do you like Psalm 136 where like he says, your steadfast love endures forever. Like how many times? Like 50 yeah, something yeah, times. Sure. And so, I mean, like it's okay to be repetitive. You know, yeah. it's just the problem is, is what's the heart behind the worshiper. Yeah. And so, I mean, I literally just like, I sing that, that chorus. Um, and it's the bridge actually. It says, and I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. Hmm. Like I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open, and that's kind of been my heart, my heart prayer, um, recently. God, you know, I'm, I'm, lead me up this mountain with my hands wide open. There's nothing to hold on to. I mean, like you're it. Yeah. I, I want it just me, me, and you. And so I've I've really enjoyed the fellowship with the Father, and that song's been really drawing me to the Lord. What about you, brother? Yeah. So, uh, Light of Your Grace by Citizens again. I, I've been on Citizens because this new album has just really been it's wrecking great. me. It's I, I, great. I dove into it. I just told you, like you played the song. I was like, well, that, that's Citizens because yeah. this list is phenomenal. It's great, man. Light of Your Grace. The lyrics say, like the beginning of it says, "This is how I know I am yours. This is my heart." that if my heart should condemn me, the truth is so much more. This is how I know I'm secure, that even though I keep falling, your love for me endures. In the light of your grace, you end my darkness. In the light of your grace, my burdens lose their weight. In the light of your grace, you lift my head up. In the light of your grace, my sin is washed away. And so it's just, it's just such encouraging. It is a prayer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so it's so easy to worship to the music. And my whole family loves the jam of it. And um, so we have it on in the evenings. We had a dance party last night, you know, with the kids. And uh, they, we just, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, man. So it's good for my heart. But It's a solid song. Yeah. So tell me this, though. Um, tell me about a resource. You just got through preaching on silence and solitude. We're going to be talking about it today. Tell me a resource that you'd recommend on the subject. Okay. So this is, this is going to be kind of a little bit counterintuitive, okay? Because the book I'm recommending actually doesn't recommend solitude, solitude in the book. But let me tell you why I'm using, using this book. So this book was sent to me by Adam Swan randomly, like out of nowhere. I get this Amazon package. I was like, I didn't order anything from Amazon recently, which, I mean, you know this. I got packages coming in all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, y'all were making fun of me about it the other day. But anyway, so I um, get this book, and he said, hey, man, this just left me a little gift note. It's like, hey, man, like this book has really changed my life. Adam Swan's a pastor, a friend of ours. I love him to death. He's a hero of mine. So I read this book. And it's all about setting up like habits of purpose, yeah. Like establishing habits in your life, rhythms. And so, yeah, 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 rhythms, right? Rhythms of grace. Um, you know, Eugene Peterson uh, uses that language when he talks about the spiritual, the spiritual practices. And so, I would encourage you to read this book. And the reason, the reason why is because I think that if you want to get into a habit of having silence, solitude, prayer, fasting, these things, you need to figure out the rhythms. You need to get into rhythms. You can't just go, okay, well, I'm going to do this tonight, you know. And and I mean, because yeah. you. I, I told, I told, I think it was Debbie Young on Sunday after the second service. Her and I were talking about these practices and all these things, and I said, you know, I used to, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the romantic one out being run. Like I want spontaneity. Like I'm like this guy. Like, you know, I, I, that's just who I am. I'm sure. just kind of, it's, it's the enneagram four in me. Yeah. And I get super leaning into it, and I'm like, man, like you know, I'm, man, I'm, 
I, there's no spontaneity, you know, and I, I just all oh, this hopeless romanticism sometimes. And I remember getting to my marriage and I realized that it's actually romantic to schedule time with my wife. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's actually really romantic to schedule time with my wife. And why not pursue that kind of intimacy with a father? And so this book will help you do that. It will help yeah. you set up those habits. I'm actually rereading it right now. In fact, I think, and I haven't read this book. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what it's doing is it, it's it's setting up a phrase people have used for millennia called the rule of life. Mm-hmm. And it's basically you figuring out what is the set of practice, what are the practices you need to be participating in? How do you order your life to make sure you do them, to make sure you're intentional? And intentionality is huge. And every rabbi had a rule. of had a yeah. rule. And what yeah. a rule was, I mean, it's and if you read the Greek word behind the word rule, it's literally like a trellis. Yeah. And so how do vines grow? They're going to trellis. So if we're going to abide in Christ, who is the vine, we need, the, we need to follow Christ's rule of life, which we see in the Gospels. Yeah. Not and, just what he said, but no, what he did. What he did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that, you know... Even in my own personal walk, I fall so many times where I dive into the epistles. I dive into, which yeah. I mean, all scripture stuff, is God-breathed, yeah. but I don't dive as much into the gospels. Sure. Because I'm, we're a New Testament church and I want to dive into the New Testament things. Um, and so what I've done is, is I've really made it a point to make my private reading time where I'm reading a psalm, I'm reading a couple psalms, and I'm reading a passage of the gospels and seeing specifically what Jesus did. Sure. And that has been really good for my heart. So what about That's you, brother? Good. So I'm going to recommend a book I recommended last time or time before. I can't recall. Yeah, The Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard. Um, And there's actually only like five pages dedicated to silence and solitude Mm -hmm. as information about disciplines. But um, Willard is just a a great author that talks about all these things Mm -hmm. in in ways that I think will kind of tweak your understanding about what it means to walk with Jesus. Uh, It's not the easiest read, but I think just his real succinct statements about each of these disciplines or practices are really helpful. And I find that it was good for me to just kind of preface my understanding of all these things with a read through his book again. So I think it's a good one to pick up. It's one you probably, if you really want to take it seriously, the the practices we've been talking about, it's good to have on your shelf and to uh, use that as kind of of a reference, I think. Yeah. And so I, I want to encourage people to pick that up, even though knowing it's only going to have about five pages to Silence and Solitude. Yeah. Um, but it's a worthwhile read. Yeah, man. I um I, I really love Dallas Willard. Um, Sunday I actually kind of hinted at Dallas Willard. He's the guy that John Mark Comer was quoting a lot, and then yeah. Randy Millwood came in and was quoting a lot, and then John Tyson was even quoting. You know, like the pastor from New York that I mentioned in my sermon. Um, and he was just one of the guys. You know, Richard Foster, Dallas Willard, like a lot of these guys who are outside of the Baptist camp. I think Dallas Willard is such an interesting dude because he taught at USC. Yeah. He was a professor of philosophy at USC. Yep. Yep. And he's like the like discipline guru in a lot of ways, the, pra- the practice guru, if you want to do, that, do, do it that way. But I mean, literally the back of the book says how to live as Jesus lived. Yeah, it's good Beautiful. stuff, man. It's good stuff. So, silence and solitude, man. Let's go. Yeah, so let's jump in here with just stating off the cuff. I mean, you, you, you hit a lot of scripture. Yeah. But where do we just explicitly see Jesus practicing silence and solitude. It's a hard one to kind of to, to put into to quarter because yeah. you've got to say, well, what's he doing there? What's going on? And some of the stuff we know is not recorded. Yeah, and that's and, and, and that was the hardest part for the sermon for me. You know, I, I, I when I dove into it and I was reading these things, I really leaned heavily into, you know, a, cu- a, a couple of resources. Like I had like a stack of books that were just constantly I was diving into. And one of those books was, um, gosh, what's the name of that? Donald Whitney's book. What? The spiritual disciplines. I don't even remember. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Donald Whitney, the Baptist guy. And so, um, you know, the Baptist uh, spiritual disciplines. His chapter on silence and solitude is really good. Like, it's phenomenal. Um, and he actually mentions a couple of verses where Jesus is, you know, it's implied that Jesus is in silence and solitude. Um, the most explicit for me is Mark 135. 
I mean, that was the like, and I, and I try to really harp, like really harp on that one, like drop that one in because Jesus wakes up early in the morning to go be alone with the Father on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, and, and, and to me, that is the most explicit, but it, it's implied everywhere. Wait, everywhere. It, before he goes to walk on the water to go across, he sent his disciples over. He goes mm-hmm. up on the mountain to pray. So we know he's alone, yeah. solitude, to get away from the crowds. Uh, we can imagine that he's there for hours. So he's probably not just speaking the whole time when prayer we know is more than that. So uh, I think there's, there's a lot of places in Scripture where it's implied. Yeah, and, and I think that, I mean, even, uh, I mean, just I mean, going away from Jesus in the sense, like diving into other biblical characters, we see this in Paul's life. Yeah. When Paul, right after his conversion, his radical conversion, he sat silently for like how many days? I mean, it was like two or three days. I just didn't speak. Yeah because of what happened to him, yep. why was he sitting silently? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, I, I didn't dive into that into my sermon because I really wanted to focus in on Christ and, and, and how he lived and how he walked because this is what we got to do. But yep. even Paul in Acts, when you read Acts, I think it's Acts 9 or Acts 10, he just sits there. Yeah. And I mean, I, to me, I just, I just imagine this guy that just saw the risen Lord standing over him. And he so radically changed. He just sat in silence. So, well, I mean, so let's jump into this then. Yeah. So you, you've talked about it a lot in your sermon about personally how you struggle with silence and solitude. Yeah, and, and I think I think maybe even to the point where some people think that you are like unable to do this practice. But I know that you've been yeah. you've been trying to walk yeah. in this practice for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. um, for at least a good strong year plus. Yeah. Uh, so tell us how has this practice transformed you personally? So I mean, for me, man, um, I, I, and I did a harp on that because I, I want people to know this is not the easiest practice. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And, sure. and, and for me personally, I mean, uh, there, what, what book is A.J. Sherrill's book on um, the Enneagram and the yeah, ways yeah. of Jesus? It talks about upstream practices and downstream practices. Your downstream for my personality type is, you know, celebration. I can throw it down with anybody, man. It's easy. It's downstream. Upstream, silence and solitude. That's the one. And so, and I I recognize that even after I read the book, I'm like, man, that's the one I could never grasp. You know, that's the one I struggle the most with. But for me personally, you know, as I walk in the Lord, as I will do these things, you know, just trying to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm doing this personally transformative, like... Every time I go into a season where I just I, I'm, I'm practicing this, I feel like I walk away feeling closer to the Father, more intimate with the Father, and yeah. I'm more aware of what He is doing. Yeah, you know, and 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 and, and, and I mean, me and you've talked about this. Like I've been in some confusing seasons recently where I'm sitting there, you know, just going, God, what are you doing? Like yeah. I don't understand what you're doing. And I go and I'm and it, it, literally, it's almost like in my heart, I feel it's just like, well, you haven't been alone with me. Yeah. You know, like all the distractions. And that's one that, I mean, I need to be reminded. That's what my friend was telling me the other day. Like, hey, you need to let go, man. Like, you just need to let go. And, and, and letting go of those distractions and just being alone with the Father. Turning off your thoughts. And, and, and it may be you sitting there for 5 to 7, 10, 15, 20 minutes of just letting your thoughts just run wild until they stop. Well, there was and, a practice, you know, you mentioned yeah. Randy Millwood, who has been a like a... A go-to for me. I, I call mm-hmm. him Yoda. You called him Yoda on Sunday. Yoda of disciple making and discipleship. He's real big on the practices, and he, um, you know, he, he came here and he taught us one of these practices: silence, solitude, be alone with the yeah. Lord. And he put us in a. He said, Get, "Find a place somewhere on this campus. Go be alone. Sit, hands open on your knees. Sit up straight, comfortable in your chair. And then, as a thought comes in your mind." 
just take it, grab it with your hand, yeah, like, like out of the like, air, like, physically, like, yeah. and then lay it in front of you on, on, on a proverbial altar of the yeah. Lord and say, this is yours, Lord. And just kind of give things take away. Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive yeah. and then give it to the Lord. And um, I think most people that went through that, when I asked how, how that impacted them, it was pretty pretty phenomenal how yeah. that impacted them. They were supposed to spend 15 minutes yeah. doing that. And, and it ended up being like some people in like 2025, one of them was Luke Parker, you know, who was like, you know, this guy I've been pouring into discipling. My man went on the roof that day. Like yeah. he climbed up on the roof because like he's you know employee of the church. He's like I got this privilege, and so like, yeah, he climbed yeah, up on the yeah. roof, <laughs> and he's out there laughing at us right now. And so he climbed up on the roof, and it it, it was super transformative for him. Yeah, like you know just to have that. He's never done. He had never done that before. Yeah. And so and I remember like growing up like going to camps and like having these moments of quiet time. You know like quiet yeah. time, quiet time, quiet time, and. I, I just didn't like the language of it, so I kind of just said, you know, I don't... The way, the way that quiet times are laid out in that framework you're talking about, they're not really quiet times. No, it's... The, it's the, 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 you're not... So, I, let me say, I think, quiet, I think silence and solitude uh-huh. is not meant to be seen really as solitude. Solitude means you're alone by yourself with no one else present. Okay, so okay, okay, okay. I was wondering where you're right. going. Right. So okay, solitude really is is sitting in the presence of your father. Yeah, you're you're withdrawing from the personal relationship with other humans by like yes. like I mean like for example, it's really hard for me to have silence and solitude when I'm sitting at my desk where I do a lot of my quiet time, a lot of my yeah, quote yeah. unquote quiet time, my devotional readings, because my son could run in at any moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I mean like last night, me and my wife were just sitting there talking and. Uh, the TV was playing in the background, but we weren't really paying attention to it. And my son just woke up and came in there and snuggled up to us at 10 o'clock at night yeah. because of the thunderstorms. So I, and so like, that's I, not silence and solitude. No, that's not so, solitude. I, I, so I liken it to something like this. Like the other night, I was hanging out with a friend who came over after my kids had gone down, and we had a fire going, and we sat out by the fire, and we talked some. And then at points, I recognized, hey, we're just sitting here in silence, like in each other's company, enjoying the time together. Yeah. And, and so we were together two or three hours hanging out, we talked probably for two hours of that, but there was some spaces in between where we just sat there and it was really comfortable. It was, it felt really just pleasant. Um, it was relational as a yeah. friend, but and I think that's what silence and solitude kind of looks like with the Lord. A hundred percent, man. And that's my problem is I like to fill the silence with my voice, with music, yeah. with those things. And I, and I mentioned that, like, you know, I, I have no issue sitting there reading the scriptures. Like yeah. I'm just, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, well, that, that sounded kind of cocky. I do have issue with it in the sense of like sin and yeah, I yeah. get distracted. But whenever I'm being intentional, trying to dive into the scriptures, but I always have music playing. I always have something going on. Well, There's yeah. yeah there, when you say silence or solitude, like we really mean silence and solitude. Like there needs to be the sound of silence. But it, but it can't be. It can't be where you're just doing that all alone by itself all the time. I mean, it should be com- combined with other practices. Yeah, right? so I, like I, and I mentioned that on Sunday. I, you yeah. did. So I start down. I start off by reading scripture, mm-hmm. and then I will ask for the Holy Spirit to give me uh, to illumine my mind, and then I'll sit there in the quiet and just I'll, I'll say, Lord, show me where I need to repent, or show me where I need to understand this better, just teach me. Yeah. And I'll just sit there in silence and kind of wait. And if I have a thought, I'll give it to the Lord, or if I have something to come forward, I'll confess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's combined with those kind of things. I, I think sometimes people get the mistaken idea, and you addressed it Sunday, but I'm yeah. just saying again, that they think that that means silent solitude means getting alone and clearing your mind in this Buddhist Eastern Zen kind yeah, of way. Man, that is not what yeah, the Christian idea di- is. Of I didn't dive practice. into that a ton. You know, I, I wanted to because I think that the Buddha, I think like the Buddhists, like they've really like tackled it. Yeah, and they've said, "Hey, this is this, this is our thing. We have two thousand years of Christian history 
of that is that is our thing. Sure. That is that is the Lord's thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, Skellig Michael. You know, um, which is a uh, if you've seen the Last Jedi. Um, John Mark Comer talks about this. Um, if you've seen The Last Jedi, that's where they filmed um, the Jedi Temple where Rey goes to see Luke. That's actually an Irish monastery. Yeah. And the reason why it's there is because they sent these monks to spend time in silence and solitude mm-hmm. and in prayer and in diving into the Word and all these practices combined on this island that was the first island before you get to Europe. Yeah. And they call it Skellig Michael. It's named after Michael the Archangel because the monks were the first line of defense against the enemy coming into Europe type yeah. of mindset. Like, yeah. you know, I love that imagery. Yeah. And I think that so many times, I bring that up because so many times I think that we, like you said, we view science and solitude as this like Zen, like hum type thing. Yeah. And that's not what it is. It's combined with the other practices. I think that it actually makes the other practices more meaningful. Um, and in a lot of ways, more transformative. Yeah, and I would so, say yeah, more transformative is a good way to put Yeah, that, more transformative. Because, I, I mean, yeah. what, what are we, and this is what I, I actually mentioned this to Olivia yesterday. What are, we, what are we going for at the church? It's not knowledge. It's transformation. Yeah. And we, we want to see people change. We don't want, of course, we want to see your knowledge grow. I mean, that's what we're well, doing. that's part of it. That's part of it. You know, like your head knowledge. But we want to see your head and your heart transformed underneath the power of the gospel and you becoming more like Christ. When you do the practices, so like I actually was um, telling, um, I was telling Carol's mom after the service about kind of the way I read the scriptures. You know, it's an adapted of the Lectio Divina, which is, you know, this, another, spiritual yeah, practice. An, another spiritual practice of, you know, walking through the, the scriptures. And part of that is silence. Medi- it's, uh, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the Latin word, but whatever it is, it's meditation. You know, it's meditating on the passage that you just read and it's sitting in silence, just meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to use the word marinating, you know, yeah, like, like, I mean, like, like, like you're, in yeah, 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 you're just steeping in this passage in silence, letting it just like soak over you, yep. you know, in this way. And so I, once again, as Thomas just mentioned, this isn't just some Zen thing where you're just kind of sitting there like a, like a monk in a lot of ways, it's like a monk, but there are other practices that the monks did inside their cells. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I think it's really good. And I, I think that uh, everybody, this is one of the ones I wouldn't say is the easiest. So if people came to me, and I said, what should you start with? I probably wouldn't talk with silence and solitude. I'd start off with that. But I think that it's, it's something that is easy enough to try it um, and do it. So if you were going to talk to somebody that they've never pra- tried to practice this, this practice of Jesus, um, how, how would you encourage them? What would you tell them to do as a first step? Um, man, go slow. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I mentioned that uh, on Sunday that I'm going, I've been doing an hour. I'm going to go for an hour a day for the next seven days. Um, don't do that. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, time, I mean, I mean, sure. and, I mean, I mentioned, I compared it to running. You know, you can't just take off and run a marathon. You know, you need to start by walking. Start with just 30 seconds to a minute where you just sit there, you know, and, and a part of your, a part of your, you know, Bible reading, a part of your prayer, all those things and work your way up, you know. Um, and I would push you a little further. I would yeah. say like, shoot for five minutes. Oh, so you have, if you shoot yeah, for five minutes and you get three, it's a win. No, yeah, right? I mean, well, yeah, I, mean, I, I can get behind that, and so that's good. Um, that would be where I'd push people to start, and then just look at, and then just once again, I said this: look to Jesus. Yeah. Look at Jesus. Focus on Jesus. I mean, we, we, a lot of people, you know, we look at the song "Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus." Man, the the lyrics of that song, I mean, it's kind of just been driven to the ground because of like, you know repetitive invitations in a lot of sure. ways. Yeah. But, you know, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful, wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. Like, make that your prayer. Just look to Jesus. Yeah. Just focus on Jesus. When another thought comes, give it to Jesus. Sure. Focus on Jesus. And, yeah. and, and, and that, to me, has been the most, you know, 
transformative thing and in, 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 in actually practicing this, focusing on Jesus, looking at Jesus, looking at his life, looking at his death, looking at the cross, looking at the resurrection, mm-hmm. looking at his followers, like, like focusing in on what specifically Jesus did and how I can be like him. Yeah. And that's what's helped me. And so if you were new, I would just say, number one, start slow. Yeah. Number two, abide in Christ, abide in Jesus, like just rest in him. And Find a place that's comfortable, it's quiet, it's unplugged, yeah. and just spend some time. I think that practice that Randy did with us, which is just putting your hands on your your, your knees yeah, after you've been reading scripture, take things captive, throw them on the altar, that's a good option as well. But just being alone, uh, read some of these resources, uh, check out Tyler's sermon on it. He's got a lot of helpful practical mm-hmm. things as well as scriptural things he referred to. And it's kind of and, funny, uh, there's actually been like a slew of podcasts um, that like, came out recently yeah, that some of our so members funny. are that some of our, some of our members are listening to like it was pretty funny. A member actually texted me the other day and said, "Hey, like this podcast like mentioned a lot of the things you did in your sermon." And I went and looked at the show notes of the podcast, and um, it was after like the, 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 I preached on Sunday. The podcast came out on Monday, so it was yeah. like really funny. How my that wife's actually going through that same thing. She reads truth, and they yeah. have he reads truth, yeah. and they're actually going through. My, my wife told me after we had embarked on it and we started the process, she told me. That uh, that they were, she was going over the spiritual practices in that. That they're yeah. referring to all that stuff. So, just funny how the Lord's as a yeah. as all those things. But I looked at the show notes, and it was like the same books. Oh, that's that I, funny. And I was like, man, that's so funny. Well, like, it's so limited. There's so many, there's so few resources oh, out there that are conservative, evangelical, that are on some of these practices. Mm-hmm. And so that's not surprising to me. Well, and a lot of the ways that you got, and, and me and you talked about this. Like, there's one book that I actually mentioned the author. She's phenomenal. I, I love the work, but it's. For me, it's too mystical. Like there's, there's like theologically, we disagree with a yeah, lot of things. Yeah, theologically, that, that that we that we go with, and it's kind of going back to what you, we mentioned too about your fasting. Like, yeah, a, yeah. The, like the number one selling book on fasting is this book that's not a guy. Not a guy that I want to. It's very solid to. theologically, yeah. and so like what we need to do is, you know, you, my um, I used to have a uh, one of my Sunday school teachers growing up. He um, senior adult guy. He had a PhD in the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, just really Cecil Brown. He used to tell me. Son, you're going to have to chew the meat and spit out the bones. Yeah. That's you know? right. yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and I think that's what we got to do with a lot of these guys. And I mean, like I said the other day, like, I mean, I'm finding myself doing that more. Yeah. And, and, and that comes from being grounded in the word. Well, that's a good moment to say this too. I think you'd be careful. You can Google and find tons of resources on this or articles and not to mention the same people that we've, we've been reading. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it may not be healthy stuff to read. And so when you find stuff there, you're going to find that like Dallas Willard's book that I mentioned earlier, it's got five pages total on actually how to practice silence and solitude. And it's good. That's it, though. It's only got five pages. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to find a lot of great works that go into depth about this kind of Foster, stuff. Richard Foster, if I'm not mistaken, Celebration of Disciplines. Celebration of Disciplines. And he also yeah. has another work I found, and um, I was going to buy it, and I didn't. It's on prayer. Uh, no, um, it's actually it's like it's like twelve selected readings on twelve disciplines. Oh, uh, I, I've never seen it before. Yeah, but Foster's a Quaker, and so I mean, and, he's got some theological things we disagree with. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, and once again, like Quakers, like you know, like I, I, I don't, I personally don't know any Quakers in the South. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, I know once you get like a little bit further up north, like you'll see some Quaker sure. churches and. Yeah. Um, just, just a little side rabbit trail. There's actually, I saw this like church design that was a Quaker church design and it was so minimalistic. Yeah. And it just had like these, like, like this like, halo lighting around the top of the room. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. man, what does that say about their tradition? Like, how cool is that? You yeah. Know? And so if, if you don't know what a Quaker is, it's just a very, like, very pietist, pietistic. Is that, is that the right word? Pietistic? Yeah, pietistic. Yeah. Yeah. Piety is a big deal. Yeah. Piety is a big deal, you know, and a lot of the practices. And, but anyway, Richard Foster has a book, Celebration of the Disciplines, that he talks about silence and solitude. Yeah. It's a great work. But once again, I would go back to there's things theologically I don't agree with. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, 
I didn't mention it because I mean, once again, of that, but it, it has some. It, it goes really far in depth on Silence of Solitude. That's yeah, good. And so I, that's another book I'd recommend. Yeah, if well, you're willing to dive into it. Well, thanks for checking in with us today on the podcast, and we're all about. And this is the thing we're doing this whole series on the practices because we are trying to rethink: Are we being the church that God created the church to be? And so we're looking to Jesus. We're looking to the way that He lived and trying to be transformed into His image. And we're trying to walk through that together on this podcast about how do we actually enact and live out these practices so that we can become more and more like Jesus and see our church become more like the church the New Testament intended. So thanks for joining with us. We'll uh, see you next week. All right. Thanks, Thomas.